0: This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do might come from Wikipedia.
1: Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast, the podcast where two friends prove each other wrong. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today we're going to discuss flowers and seltzer. So the way it works is Paige is going to ask me a question about a topic, I'm going to make up what I think I know about the topic, and then when we're all done... She's going to give us the facts.
0: I did some research.
1: Okay, so let's get started. So
0: I did the research for flowers and seltzer this week. And tell me what you know about flowers, Rachel.
1: Well, I know that flowers have stems. They have petals. Mm -hmm. They usually have leaves. They can be all different colors
0: yeah um
1: they have like pistons right
0: yes that is that is the part that they use to pollinate i believe
1: i believe so um flowers yeah that's another thing that flowers do they get pollinated they look pretty they smell pretty
0: yes we're focusing on smells this week actually really the question is for you Why do flowers smell good? And good is subjective, because some flowers smell rank. But why do you think flowers smell good?
1: Flowers smell good because Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do. Go on.
1: Flowers smell good because they attract and repel insects and other other animals. So they smell good to attract things like bees and like some birds and stuff to pick up the pollen and then drop the pollen so that more flowers can pollinate and more flowers can grow. Sometimes they might smell bad to certain animals to deter, to deter them from either eating it or killing it or whatever
0: sounds like you know your stuff you know quite a bit about flowers you obviously paid attention in biology I remember you got at least actually was that the one that you failed I can't remember
1: I did not fail biology but I got a 59.5 which very technically was a d minus
0: very technically because that is technically an f that's an f plus technically
1: it's technically a d (laughs) minus but it's
0: also technically an f plus
1: not according to the way that we were graded. Well, regardless,
0: you seem to know something about flowers because yeah. after doing the research, you're actually almost right. It's time to get rebutted. Oh boy, here we go. So, I looked at information from both Wikipedia and something called scientificamerican.com and I read an article that was post that was put up in 2005 so this is some old info but seemingly
1: accurate i don't think flowers change too much over time
0: uh probably not in like what 15 years that it's been anyway a quote from the article is the scent is typically a complex mixture of low molecular weight compounds emitted by flowers into the atmosphere and its structure color and odor are critical factors in attracting pollinators dot dot dot. thus, the scent is a signal is a signal that directs pollinators to a particular flower whose nectar and/or pollen is the reward. So basically, yes, flowers smell good to attract bees and whatnot to the pollen so they can re- reproduce with their pistons and whatnot.
1: So good job,
0: but there's more.
1: There's more. Okay, so I should I should guess more, is what you're saying.
0: (laughs) Well, what's what I'm saying is I took notes. I did some research on. Do you know what the flower rafflesia is?
1: No, but that sounds like a good thing to guess about.
0: Would you like? Yeah, would you
1: like to guess (laughs) what is a rafflesia? What is a Mm rafflesia? Okay, so I assume rafflesia is spelled R E.
0: Mm-hmm. No, try again. No. Mm-mm.
1: So it's RA? Yes. That gives me less of an idea. So. Good start. Okay. Rafflesia. It sounds like a syndrome, like an illness.
0: It is a flower. So I'll. Oh, it's a fl-
1: steer- is a flower. It is a flower. I will steer
0: you in the right direction. Continue.
1: Rafflesia is a type of flower. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like a state of being or something, yeah, okay, so so', so we're, a reflasia is a mm-hmm. flower that grows to be about three feet tall it um it can be various colors, but usually like orange. <laughs> You got
0: surprisingly close. Okay, okay wait, so I'm not
1: done. I'm not done. I'm not <laughs> okay. Done. There's, more, there's more to say and flagias. Continue. continue. Okay. So not only is it three feet tall and orange, mm-hmm. it has like these little spiky leaves. Like you know how you know how when flower stems have those like little hairs on it? Yeah. It's like that, but on the leaves as huh. well. Okay. And they are the petals are like listeners can't see it but it's like triangular it's like spiky okay and uh they are poisonous for humans to eat
0: okay again d minus in biology now let me tell you do you know the pokemon venusaur yes the a Rafflesia, you know like the flower on venusaur's back yeah that's a Rafflesia.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> or at least it's based off of a raflasia.
1: I didn't know that. Now, you said
0: three feet yeah. tall. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, not that far off. It's not three feet tall, but it's a gigantic flower that grows usually in Southeast Asia. And it's about, it can get to about three feet wide, some of the species.
1: That's a big flower. Yeah.
0: And... What is notable about the Ruflasia is it emits an odor that smells like rotting flesh. Yum. Mmm, yeah, right. So it doesn't necessarily attract bees.
1: But, but it but it uh it attracts hummingbirds.
0: You're so close. It attracts like, flies.
1: Flies. Because flies love rotting flesh. Yeah.
0: So the flies pollinate it because it smells like rotting flesh. Also, fun fact, Rafflesia is the national flower of Indonesia. And, like, why would you pick a Rafflesia? That's the worst flower
1: you could possibly pick. Well, Okay, what kind of flies does it attract, though?
0: I, I don't know. I didn't go in, go that far into my research. I assume whatever flies are native to Indonesia. Oh,
1: okay. I was, I was like suddenly picturing like houseflies, but I feel like that's probably not true.
0: I'm sure if we took a Rafflesia and put it in my backyard, it would attract houseflies. That's probably true. Well, so something I did not say earlier is that flowers can emit either a sweet scent or like a quote unquote punchy, spicy scent. And the sweet scent is known to attract, like, bees and moths and butterflies, while the punchy, spicy one attracts, like, beetles and stuff. So, imagine this. We take a flower, and we genetically engineer it to smell like the Doritos that come on the purple bag, the sweet, spicy Doritos.
1: Yeah, the, the chili, the sweet chili? Yeah.
0: What, yeah. Type, what type of bug would that
1: attract? What type of bug would sweet chili doritos attract i feel it's sweet like spicy. yeah yeah i feel like it would be more likely to attract bees
0: really because i was gonna say i think it's more likely to attract like beetles
1: well yeah because it's got that sweet spicy but the reason i think it's more likely to attract bees is because just the presence of of the sweetness is probably enough for the bee to be like this is my jam this is my honey
0: but the presence of food in general i feel like will attract beetles and flies are,
1: Maybe don't attract flies are beetles attracted to human food i don't know actually well that's gonna be a topic for another show okay now a word from our sponsors
0: does your immortal enemy suffer from Springtime allergies? Then
1: you need the Pollenzuka. Pollenzuka? Let me tell you, it'll blast those allergies and your morals out of the water. Go to Pollenzuka Type in the code Research Rebuttal Podcast twenty, and get a twenty percent discount off of your Pollenzuka. That's right, Pollenzuka dot Research Rebuttal twenty.
0: So the next topic we have is on seltzer. You like seltzer. You drink a lot of, lot of those fancy bubbly things.
1: I love seltzer. I like every brand. I don't like every flavor. I just love my water to be carbonated. It is better than still. Um, I, You know, I actually know some things about seltzer.
0: Yeah, this should be... You should know a little more about this than the flowers, though you did know quite a bit about the flowers. So, about seltzer, I want to know what you know about the history of seltzer, how it was made, when it was made, who made it, and about the different flavors.
1: Okay, well, start with the first part. Yeah, here's a mildly educated guess on the history of seltzer. Seltzer was invented. Well, really, seltzer was found in effervescent springs. I don't remember what part of the globe. I'm going to say China. They found these effervescent springs. And people were like, hey, this is bubbly water. This is going to make us live forever. Oh,
0: a fountain of youth
1: kind of thing? Yeah, exactly like a fountain of youth kind of thing. Oh, okay. and. So then people started like using it as a fountain of youth, and then uh and then eventually, fast forward like a thousand years or something, uh there were like soda fountains, like apparently pharmacies used to serve soda at their counter, and they needed carbonated water to do this. they would flavor it to make sodas, but then um jews in new york were like hey plain seltzer this is the stuff this is what we need in our life people just can't get enough of the bubbles we should start bottling this we're gonna sell it and there we are today with seltzer
0: okay um you somehow did worse On this than the flower thing, which it was supposed to be the other way around.
1: It's time to get rebutted.
0: Yeah, it is. You kind of had it. You had it at first. Which, what is true is, yes, seltzer is naturally occurring in mineral springs. Seltzer is made by carbon dioxide getting infused into water, which creates the bubbles but no one actually tried to do it like actually tried to artificially make it until let me see the year 1740 it appears this is from wikipedia almost all of my resources on this are from wikipedia so in 1740 a man by the name of william brown had simply the idea to put carbon dioxide in water but he never did it he never wrote it down but he was the first person to conceive of the the idea willie why didn't you do it fast forward to 1767 a different person by the name of joseph priestley actually made it he made it by accident he was distilling beer and he accidentally left a bowl of water in the brewery which the carbon dioxide from the fermentation of the beer got mixed with the water, which created all of the fun little bubbles in the water. A bowl of water, though. Yes, a bowl not of a seltzer. Cup,
1: not a jar. A, a bowl. A bowl of water.
0: It's Wikipedia specifically said bowl. So okay. he had a bowl of seltzer. And this was in a town called Leeds, England. Yeah. And then, fun fact, in 1772, Priestley wrote a paper about seltzer in the process of making it called, quote, Impregnating Water with Fixed Air, which I thought was funny.
1: That is funny. That is impregnated water. Why aren't you laughing? It's so funny. I'm serious.
0: All right. Fair enough. Okay. Now... You should probably know a bit more about this. Natural flavors. Or natural just flavors. flavors. Here we go. Just flavors in general. I did spoil a little bit of my research there, but how do you think they flavor seltzer?
1: So they so there's this thing called natural and artificial flavoring, and they're both they sound different, like like it's easy to be misled by these words. You hear natural flavoring and you think, oh, this is natural. This comes from a plant. This is better than artificial flavoring. However, artificial flavoring and natural flavoring are basically exactly the same thing. They are chemical compounds to give off flavor. And the only difference between the two is... While natural flavoring is still a chemical compound used to flavor things, they, at one point, did derive one of the ingredients from the actual source. So that makes it natural flavoring versus artificial flavoring. It is exactly the same thing. So then, when these flavor and fragrance companies make these flavors and fragrances, some of them get shipped off to the... uh, Though the bottling and distributors, so then um they have like containers of these flavorings which come as a liquid, mm-hmm. and then they uh, some food scientist at some point develops a recipe mm-hmm. and they play around with the different amounts of flavoring that should go into the seltzer, and then they do consumer testing. And eventually they come to the conclusion that this is the right balance of flavoring to water. Usually in these, there's no sweetener. Like you're just getting the straight up flavoring.
0: Usually. Is there sometimes sweetener?
1: The way that I think of seltzer and flavored seltzer, no, there would never be flavoring. I have seen and heard people call artificially sweetened beverages that are fizzy seltzer, I find that very misleading. So no, I would say there is never sweetener in regularly flavored seltzer.
0: Well, that's where you're wrong, bucko, because according to DrOz.com, there is. (laughs) Dr. Oz. (laughs) What a Dr. Oz. It was the first result when I typed into Google, somewhere around how do they put natural in, natural flavors in seltzer okay so that's already not a very good start
1: yeah so tell me more about this sweetener being in seltzer
0: so this isn't all the time but sometimes according to dr oz sometimes they do put aspartame in In seltzer, and they consider it a "quote unquote" natural flavor. I did not do enough research to figure out where aspartame come from comes from, but it might come from nature, which is why it could be considered a natural flavor. A lot of these companies keep their "quote unquote" natural flavors a very close trade secret. I couldn't find, I couldn't find where a lot of these things were derived from, but I did find a few. So. For an obvious example, would be like would be lemon. There's a process called stilling, where you take natural bits of the plant. And this example for a lemon, you'd use the lemon rind. Is that what it's called? The outer bit? Yeah. You'd use the lemon,
1: the rind, the skin, anatomy of a
0: lemon. A fun, fun time, regardless. You take the rind, the peel, the whatever. And you put it in this machine called a still, and it makes, like, the essence that, like you said, they bottle up, they bring it to factories, you put the little drops in, and then, boom, you have lemon-flavored seltzer.
1: Yeah. But then, like, oh, go on. Is Dr. Oz suggesting that they're putting aspartame in the essence, in the flavoring?
0: Sometimes. Not with all companies, but some of the companies. You have to be careful. Because companies won't say if they do or not. And it's really hard to figure out if they are. But then again, how credible of a source is Dr. Oz? That's true. That's fair. Um, Let's see. What else? But then it gets to a harder part where it's like, what part of the raspberry would you use to make raspberry seltzer? Because raspberry seltzer is a thing. Yeah, I know... If- I know a company, a seltzer company that I drank a few years ago, had raspberry. So they use all sorts of different kinds of natural things. They've used stuff like tree bark. They've used many different spices. And most notably, according... The beaver butt. The beaver butt? What are you talking about? Go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Take it back a step. What are yeah. you talking about?
1: So there's a way of creating raspberry flavoring that is in many of the raspberry confections you have ever cons- consumed. And basically, they they take the secretions from like the beaver anal glands And that creates, like, a strawberry or raspberry type of flavor. But that's not the case in, like, every flavored things you've ever had. It's only, like, some.
0: Well, much like Dr. Oz, I don't know the credibility of that, but I know what I'm looking up right after we're done recording. That's (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Wait, then... Is... So... Wait, hang on a minute. (laughs) So if some raspberry flavoring is made of beaver butt like you've stated yeah does that mean that certain raspberry seltzers are not vegan
1: it's hard to know it is really difficult to know and the
0: i beaver should... didn't want the poop anyway or like do they get it from poop or do they get it from
1: like they get it from the glands oh but, but from what i understand it, it's it's Either raspberry or strawberry flavoring. I don't remember which of the two.
0: Well, let's use raspberry in this example.
1: Yeah, so, like, the way that I know that it works is they take the secretions, but I think nowadays it's less common to use that as the primary flavoring, but... I certainly hope so. When they're in the lab, as far as I know, they have replicated an artificial flavoring based on the flavor that you can get from the anal glands. Oh, I hate that.
0: But that doesn't answer my question. Is it vegan?
1: I think if you're deriving it directly from the beaver, no. But um, you should always check your packaging. It should say vegan if it's vegan, hopefully.
0: Okay. So, long story short... If you're vegan and you enjoy raspberry and or strawberry seltzer and you like Dr. Oz, you may have to double check and see what's in your seltzer. In 2018, according to Business Insider, LaCroix, you know the—you com- know LaCroix, the seltzer company.
1: I'm very familiar with LaCroix, the seltzer company. And- My favorite flavor of LaCroix is peach, but then I remembered that that's not LaCroix, it's bubbly.
0: Oh, yeah. You've recently been changing sides to bubbly.
1: I Okay. I like bubbly. I like LaCroix. Bubbly has a couple of flavors that LaCroix doesn't have, and LaCroix has flavors that bubbly doesn't have. So it's all about what I'm in the mood for and what's on sale. I like the grapefruit, LaCroix. Yeah, me too. Me too. The Pebble Mousse. Is that what it's called? Yes.
0: Oh, no. I'm going to have to pick a different flavor to like... Anyway, so according to Business Insider, in 2018, LaCroix almost got sued over the whole like natural flavors thing because it was found out that one of the natural flavors that they were using was a chemical called, let me, let me see if I can pronounce this right, Lin, linalool? Yeah, it's linalool, however you say it. And it's an ingredient that apparently it also causes cancer, but it's often found in insecticide, like to kill bugs and whatnot. But it's derived from nature, most commonly from lavender and cannabis. Oh. So it's a naturally occurring thing. It's not artificial. Right. But it just happens to also be used to kill bugs sometimes.
1: Yeah, so I just did a quick Googling, and, and this chemical is not what I thought it was. But that makes this more complicated, because according to a quick Googling, l- linalool, that's what I'm going to call linolol, it. Linalool, okay. Linolol is safe for humans. So I feel like just because something is multi-purpose. Doesn't mean there needs to be a lawsuit over it. Um,
0: I don't remember. Wish I remembered why exactly. From what I from what I do remember, the people that were that were suing Lacroix didn't know that it that it was derived from lavender and whatnot. They thought it was an artificial thing, which whose sole purpose was to kill cockroaches.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of like how lemons can be used as, like, a cleaning agent, but it's also perfectly safe. Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess it's one of those things.
1: Yeah, so are there any more questions that I need to uneducatedly answer about seltzer? Not
0: that I can see. My fun fact was that the bubbles in seltzer are called effervescence, but you already seem to know that. I think that about wraps it up
1: that wraps it up. I got research rebutted. Thanks for listening to Research Rebuttal Podcast. If you want to find out more, listen to us, guess, and educate more, you can go to at Research Rebuttal Podcast on Facebook.
0: Research Rebut on Twitter.
1: And Research Rebuttal Podcast on Instagram. And you could even find us and subscribe to us uh, and you would do that by going to wherever you're listening to this right now or you can go to shows.acast.com slash research hyphen rebuttal and subscribe on there. And you can email us at Research Podcast at gmail.com if you want to yell at us about our facts or if you want to suggest topics for future episodes. Thanks for listening to Research Rebuttal Podcast. I'm Rachel Teichman. I'm Paige Dempster. This is the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Bye. See ya.